whether you're on Ambergris Key, we welcome all to this third State of the State address given by the Premier, Honorable Charles Washington Mizek. My name is Kimo Tynes. I will be providing you with light commentary throughout this evening's proceedings. Again, we put on record our profound apologies for starting late due to flight conflicts getting into the capital this evening. The Premier, in his address this evening, will speak to infrastructure development across the islands. He will speak about housing. The Premier will in depth address the issue around roads. He will also address issues relating to national security. I can say to you, the public, that the Premier will address matters relating to our ports. He will also address constitutional advancement. He will speak to airports. He will speak to education. He will speak to edu immigration. And he will speak about the environment. This is another format for the government to speak directly to the people of this country outside of the House of Assembly. The Premier this evening will speak about Crown land, he will speak about community development, and he will speak about governance. These are some of the areas the Premier will address this evening for his third State of the State Address. Today marks the Premier's third year being elected to office, first being elected on 19th of February, 2021. gentlemen, those viewing here in the Turks and Caicos, listening via Radio Turks and Caicos, those watching via different social media platforms, including the office of the Premier's Facebook page and the page for the Turks and Caicos Islands government. My name is Kimo Tynes. I am the Acting Director of Communication, and I am pleased to welcome you to this third state of the state address being given this evening by the Premier of the Turks and Caicos, the Honorable Charles Washington Mizek, from the Yellow Man and Sons Auditorium in the nation's capital of Grand Turk. We again profoundly apologize for our late start due to flight conflicts earlier today, but I am pleased to say that members of parliament are here, senior leadership of the civil service is here, including Her Excellency, the Deputy Governor, ministers of government, former members of the House of Assembly, retired civil servants, and a significantly large population here in the community of Grand Turk have turned out for this evening's event. This format, State of the State, is something new to the people of this country. It is only the third being given. It is one of the tools employed by this government to speak to the issues 
that they are currently undertaking in their third year in office. The Premier this evening will tell the country, having had sight of his speech, quote, it is a time to build, unquote. This evening, Premier Honorable Charles Washington Mizik will tell the people of this country that it is a time to build. That are big words from the Premier this evening. You will have to stay tuned to listen to more in-depth where, where he is speaking from and what his vision and the vision of the government is as they move forward into their third year in office. I can confirm the presence of the chaplain of the House of Assembly, Bishop C. Alexander Williams III. Being seated now is the Minister for Tourism, Environment, Fisheries and Coastal Resources, the Honorable Josephine O'Connelly. Seated in the auditorium, the Honorable Otis C. Morris, Minister for Home Affairs and the Member of Parliament for Grand Turk North. The Minister for Health and Human Services, the Honorable Sean Malcolm, is seated. The Minister for Education, the Honorable Rachel Taylor, is seated. The Honorable Minister for Immigration and Border Services, Honorable Arlington Musgrove, is seated, including the Honorable Jamel Robinson, who is the Minister for Physical Planning and Infrastructure Development. As I said earlier, the Premier tonight will tell the nation in advance sight of seeing his speech that this is a time to build. The Premier will talk about infrastructure. He will speak about roads. He will speak about housing. The Premier tonight will tell the nation what his government has been doing in education, in health care. He will tell the nation what his government has been doing in constitutional advancement talks, and he will tell the nation what his government has been doing with community development. There are a number of issues the Premier will address to the nation tonight in his third State of the State address. He will not fail to address hot-button issues such as national security and safety. He will speak to Crown Land. He will speak to community development and he will speak to the overall governance of this country. Having had advanced sight of the Premier's address to the nation, he will also give a personal take on his, his time in office and what his vision is as he marks the third anniversary of his party being elected to office on February 19, 2021. Today is three years to the day, thus, that this government has opted to host a state of the state address where they will update the people of this country on what is happening in their ministries and departments that they have been having oversight for for the last three years. Again, we profoundly apologize for our late start due to flight conflicts, but I can gladly say the auditorium is filling up, ministers and all dignitaries are here, 
I am pleased to also say Her Excellency, the Governor is here, Delaney Danielle Salvaratnam, as well as the spouse of the Premier, Mrs. Delphia Russell Mizick, who's also just taken her seat. If you're watching from around the world, we welcome you. If you're listening via our nation's number one and national radio station, Radio Turks and Caicos, my name is Kimo Tynes. I am the Acting Director of Communication, and I will be providing you with some light commentary throughout this evening. The main event this evening will be the address given by the Premier, Honorable Charles Washington Mizick, and I can proudly say that the room has been filling up with members of the Grand Turk community who've come out to hear directly from the Premier. Taking his seat now is former Speaker to the House of Assembly, former Minister of Education, um, former representative for Middle Caicos, the Honorable Robert Hall. Listeners in Radio Tax and Caicos would know that Honorable Hall is the host of the really popular talk show Expressions, airing three times weekly. I'm sure he will be eager to hear what the Premier has to say to the nation. We wish to thank all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in to this third State of the State Address. We are the first and last to be discovered. Once you visit us, I'm sure you will tell others. Turks and Caicos, I love you. I love you. Don't matter what I say or do, I'll be faithful, committed to you. My lovely Turks and Caicos, I love you.
on the Honorable Premier. give thanks and I invite Bishop C. Alexander Williams III to invoke God's presence. Bishop Kalita. is the Lord and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein for he has founded upon the seas and established it upon the floods blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance Lord you have been our help in ages past you have been our shelter from the stormy blasts. Fathers, we gather in this place as our premier, Charles Washington Music, addressed this country on the state of the state. We stand at this reflection point. Lord, we thank you for you have blessed us and all the blessing that you have bestowed upon us. Truly, we are blessed people, and we celebrate your abundant goodness. We thank you for good governance and for your stellar leadership over these past three years. As he's charged the way forward, creator God, we thank you for giving him dominion and authority over all that you have created. So Lord, now give him vision and vitality and strategy as he lead us forward, thank you for good success and favor and blessing. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, Bishop Kalita. I'm going to kindly ask that we all mute all electronic devices and that we give this evening our very full attention, particularly when the Premier is speaking. Thank you so very much. Let's remain standing as we pay respect to the national anthem and the national song. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the national anthem.
much. Please be seated. Her Excellency, the Governor of the Turks and Caicos Islands, Delaney Daniel Selvaratnam, the Honorable Charles Washington Mezik, Premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands, and Mrs. Delphia Russell Mezik, the Honorable Gordon Burton, Speaker of the House of Assembly of the Turks and Caicos Islands, Her Excellency, the Deputy Governor of the Turks and Caicos Islands, Mrs. Anya Williams, the Honorable Irwin J. Saunders, Deputy Premier and Minister for Finance, Investment and Trade, Minister for Tourism, Environment, Fisheries and Maritime Affairs, Culture and Heritage, Agriculture and Religious Affairs, the Honorable Josephine Connolly, Minister for Home Affairs, Transportation, Public Safety and Utilities, and the Communications and the Telecommunications Commission, the Honorable Otis Morris, Minister for Immigration and Border Services, the Honorable Arlington Musgrove, Minister for Education, Youth, Sports and Social Services, the Honorable Rachel Taylor, Minister for Physical Planning, Infrastructure Development, the Honorable Jamel Robinson. Minister for Health and Human Services, the Honorable Sean Malcolm. The Honorable Rondalee Brathwaite-Knowles, Attorney General of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Reverend the Honorable John Malcolm, Deputy Speaker of the House of Assembly. Honorable Members of the House of Assembly. Former Chief Ministers and Premiers of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Senior Government Officials. Former Ministers of Government directors and heads of constitutional bodies, bishops and ministers of religion, chairpersons and directors of statutory bodies, ladies and gentlemen, well-wishers, members of the media. Good evening, welcome to the third State of the State. Traditionally, a State of the State address allows the government to reflect on its achievements, confront its challenges, and chart a path that will propel its country and people forward to bring us the State of the State Address, is a son of the soil, an astute and knowledgeable politician, and a visionary leader. Please be upstanding as we greet Premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands, the Honorable Charles Washington Mizek. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's a long way and a long time away from that thatched roof, two-bedroom house in Bottle Creek, North Caicos. And I'm happy to be here. You look fantastic, all of you. And thank you very much for being here. As you know, we are a very religious and Christian nation, so we always start with a verse. So for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. The Almighty God said it, and I claim it, and if we unite with purpose behind this declaration, we will become unstoppable. For God is truthful, and the scripture tells us that his word will not return unto him void. 
So, Her Excellency Governor Delaney Daniel Selvaratnam, Honorable Speaker of the House of Assembly, Honorable Gordon Burton, Leader of the Opposition, he's not here, but Her Excellency the Deputy Governor, Anya Williams, Deputy Premier and Minister of Finance, Investment and Trade, Honorable Urban J. Saunders, Attorney General, Honorable Rondalee Brathwaite-Knowles, elected members of the House of Representatives, senior public servants, Deputy Permanent Secretaries, Permanent Secretaries, rather, Deputy Permanent Secretaries, Chief Executive Officers of the various agencies and departments, residents, and of course, to my beautiful wife, my greatest supporter and my most ardent critic. Good evening. The Progressive National Party has a proud tradition of being an agent of change and drivers of public value. We promise a change. We promise to keep you informed. And the annual state of the state was created to do just that. And so tonight, I am proud and I'm very humbled that I've been given the privilege as your premier to deliver the State of the State Address for the third year in a row. You see, on February 19, 2021, exactly three years today, the voters signed the People's Contract giving the PNP the largest mandate granted to any party in these Turks and Caicos Islands. My fellow islanders, we understood very clearly the assignment. Put our people first. Put you at the center of development. Turn the economy around. Three years ago, when we took office, the story was very, very different. The economy was gasping for air as the worldwide pandemic had strangled our economic lifeblood, that is, the tourism industry. The hopes and dreams of so many of our people were fading. Things were tough. No jobs, no income. You placed your trust in the Progressive National Party, and you gave us the mandate to lead the pandemic recovery, and we delivered. <laughs> we built the main pillars of the economy, and we delivered. Create, a, create better paying jobs, and we are delivering. Develop high quality and lasting infrastructure. We continue to deliver to create an immigration system that will support the development of our islands, and we continue to deliver. 
Our economy is strong and expanding. Our critical tourism industry continues to grow and outperform many of our competitors. Investors' interest has never been better. And the pipeline of new development projects has never been longer and has never been better resourced or of a higher quality. And the truth is, more and more Turks and Caicos Islanders are entering the tourism industry helped by the targeted concessions provided by this government. My government has given you many reasons to hope again as we deliver on promise after promise in the people's contract. We crafted the people's contract with your input. As we travel the length and breadth of these islands, we heard your concerns and we understood the hopes and dreams that you have for your families. We gave you our commitment that we would work every day to ensure that the dreams you have for your children, whether it is better education, wealth creation, and a safe and prosperous society are fulfilled one by one. And over the last three years, we have faced challenges, not of our making, but unavoidable, because we are part of the global economy. The supply chain crisis and the Russian-Ukraine war have resulted in higher prices for food, fuel, and services. And my government has always intervened to cushion the effects, especially on the most vulnerable among us. Let me remind you of just some of what this PNP government has done over the last three years to shield you and to give you some breathing room. We forgave over $15 million of legacy debt and penalties for small business owners. Gave status holders and British overseas territory citizens up to $2,500 in stimulus payments, totaling $25 million. And we expanded the category of business qualifying to grant funding through TC Invest. And we also increased the grant funding for qualifying projects. We provided agricultural grants and relief to qualified farmers and targeted the fishing industry for special funding assistance. And yes, coming out of the pandemic, we boosted operators within the cruise sector with stimulus grants. We increased the national minimum wage by over 20% to $8 per hour. And we supported that or buttressed that with other social benefits, of which I'll speak to later. But workers in security, manufacturing, construction, banking, 
financial services and insurance are now due to $9 an hour minimum. But get this, the PNP government has looked out for our invaluable public servants. Following a grant and pay review, the first in 10 years, every employee of the civil service has received at least a 10% increase. The actual amount spent on public servants' pay and grading was $19 million. And the amount invested in public service fund was over $20 million. Prior to that, public servants received a 4% across-the-board increase and 6% contribution to a defined pension fund. Police received 10% salary increase. The immigration task force was increased by 100%. Allowance. <laughs> Persons employed before 1992 had have a new 6% pension and gratuity program. And the 25% gratuity for persons employed before 1992 was reinstated. <laughs> Retirees from the public service employed before 1992 received a 20% increase in pension. <laughs> and we're not finished yet because efforts are being made to address other legacy anomalies in benefits for public servants. But that is not all either. My government has listened to the cry for relief from, pension, from price inflation. We reduced customs processing fees by nearly 35% and removed duties on food staples and supplies. And we also reduce CPF from 7.5% down to 5%. We provide daycare and after-school support for families in need. Reduce the fuel tax from 85 cents to 64 cents per gallon and provide a subsidy on electricity bills to residents. That 64 cents still exists today. My government has provided social assistance, housing, child care, and assistance for the elderly and the vulnerable. And to show that we believe in inclusivity and no one being left behind, starting in April 2024, we will provide financial support of up to $1,000 a month to vulnerable persons over 70 years old. We are giving educational opportunities to all with free community 
college admissions for Turks and Caicos Islanders. You see, we said we put people first. So we have made significant progress also on some big ticketed items. Many of these have been languishing without progress for many, many years. These include the Vision 2040 Development Plan, the Constitutional Advancement of the TCI, South Dock Port Development, a National ID, the Housing Policy and Establishing the Housing Department, a mortgage corporation to support the housing need of our people, consolidating immigration and customs into one border force. My team worked tirelessly over the last three years to deliver on the promises in the people's contract. Give yourselves a round of applause, team. As with any plan, we have faced challenges, but we have found new opportunities and so many success. We added new priorities to drive economic growth and create better paying jobs. There were 15 areas of focus in the people's contract. COVID-19 is behind us. So I will, not give a, I will only give you a progress report on the other 14 areas. The state of the Turks and Caicos depends on the strength of the economy. We took an economy that was floundering, and today it is stronger than ever. In 2022 and 2023, our economy experienced a remarkable surge, with growth rates exceeding 12%. Projections indicate a continued expansion driven by high tourism arrivals, Ladies and gentlemen, our policies and programs are delivering good results, and we will do more in 24. <laughs> New investments are coming. Construction is booming. Visitor arrivals are up. We also remove tax holidays from new development agreements. I don't know if you know what that means. Essentially, particularly in Providenciales, we are not restricting ourselves by giving tax holidays because we know not what the future holds. We established TCI Finance, a sister entity to invest TCI. We amended the restricted and reserved categories for business licenses to protect and support TCI Islanders especially in the construction area. And as our country grows and develops, it is critical that our local contractors can benefit. We've established a policy and program management office, the National Development Unit in the Premier's office, to ensure the efficient delivery of priority projects. And this is a big one. We have completed the transition from the tourist board to a destination management organization branded as TCI, as experienced TCI. 
Now, I know it was controversial, but I don't know how many of you have ever eaten an, an omelet without breaking some eggs. In order to eat a good omelet, you have to break, break, break a few eggs. And to date, experienced TCI has hired 15 Turks and Caicos Islanders, eight of which are rehired from the tourist port. Now, each island has a local representative, so no longer is the focus purely on providenciales. Each island has a local representative to assist with marketing and product development. And get this, to date the receivables since inception of the destination management fee last August is over $1.9 million To date, the Tourism Regulatory Department has employed eight new persons, 100% local. <laughs> Between experienced Turks and Caicos and Tourism Regulatory Department, the Turks and Caicos Islands is solidifying itself in the high-end tourism market. The industry, sorry, the Ministry of Tourism is currently conducting a caring capacity survey to determine the future developments within the tourism sector and to establish protocols for large-scale projects. This is critical if we want to protect our environment. <laughs> Food security has to be a top priority for us. We depend heavily on imported items for our food basket. So our supply chain and prices are vulnerable to external factors. My government will continue to battle to keep down the prices of food and other essential items on which our people depend. And so to keep costs down and have food security, we must grow more of what we eat. The more we grow, the less we must import. Food security goes hand in hand with food safety. And this government is implementing policies, standards to control the risk and ensure that no unsafe foods are released into the Turks and Caicos Islands. Our goal is to build a healthcare system which serves the needs of all of our people. Sorry if I may just grab some water here. It's, uh, I have a bit of a throat issue. So we are giving our people the opportunities to lead healthy, balanced, and more productive lives. See the Minister for Sports there, and I say, let's move Turks and Caicos. <laughs> now, we have a long-term health care contract that, for various reasons, is extremely expensive and does not serve the best interests of our people. We are resolute and have now redoubled our efforts to hold the contractor to account for the many legacy breaches that burden our Treasury 
and shortchange our people. We are implementing a better contract management system that will improve the delivery of care. With a state-of-the-art MRI machine and CT scanner, we have improved diagnostic services. Dental clinics have new dental equipment and more staff. The TCI first mental health facility, Center of Hope, is making a huge difference. And the long-standing issue of the dump site in Providenciales, Kyle, has finally been addressed. We have signed a contract for solid waste management for Providenciales, and this is a win for the people of Whelan who have suffered from toxic smoke over many, many years. Now, this is an area that I believe we all are gravely concerned about. The last year has been very challenging, the last few years, actually, with spikes in gun violence. We all know persons and families who have been touched by this. And we are determined to take back our streets and communities from criminals. Our resolve to create a society that is safe, secure, and where everyone has full access to justice is even stronger. We have spent millions on border and internal security. We have spent generously to modernize our justice system with a special focus on rehabilitation. Over the last year, we have focused much attention and resources on crime fighting. We have expanded the investigative, technical, and physical capacity of the Royal Turks and Caicos Police Force. And we have more officers deployed today, including from some from the United Kingdom. The police have more power to investigate, stop, search, detain, and break up gang activities. Those convicted of gang, drugs, or gun crimes, Her Excellency, will spend a long time in jail. A new gangs, drugs, and guns unit has been operating since May of last year. Since then, 17 persons have been charged with offenses including gang membership, possession of firearms, and drugs. And since January last year, 27 firearms have been taken off the streets. So, kudos to the police. New CCTV camera systems have been installed in strategic spots and over time, we will deploy them across all of our islands. And two new armored vehicles are deployed to help in the fight against crime. That's an investment of over $760,000. And mobile police stations are on the way. Last year, we had over 600 drug seizures at Howard Hamilton International Airport. Recently, 61 pounds of narcotics were seized during a search on a vessel that illegally landed in Providenciales. 
And as you are all aware, a new police commissioner has been appointed by Her Excellency the Governor, who previously served as head of the Grenada Police Force. He also served as the head of the CARICOM Crime and Gun Intelligence Unit and is a former president of the Association of Caribbean Commissioners of Police. He will take up his duties in May. We expect him to hit the ground running with a new plan to deal firmly with all acts of criminality and in particular gangs and gun crimes. Informal and irregular construction has been a problem for years. And we, in the Progressive National Party, we come to make a difference. We will deal with the problem. And so we have established the informal settlement units. There are 47 informal settlements across the TCI. We have 37 in Providenciales, 9 in Grand Turk, and 1 in North Caicos. They are not only illegal, but they are unsafe. And informal settlements occupy a total area of 544 acres on Crown and private island lands. Since the unit was launched in November of 22, we have reclaimed just over 13 acres. There's extensive illegal construction of both residential and commercial buildings on Crown lands. And since May 2023, 161 notices have been served to those illegally occupying Crown lands. We will deploy a, a policy to manage rec reclamation and the displacement to protect those affected, especially children and the elderly. As I have said time and time again, Education and human capital development will be the main vehicles for the growth and development of these islands. The long-term success of the TCI will only happen if we invest heavily in education and skills training. Every child who leaves high school must be able to read and to do basic math. Last day, I told you that we achieve all commitments on education in the people's contract, including free tuition at the Turks and Caicos Islands Community College for all citizens. And it is working because this year enrollment is up 29%, almost doubling the projection. The Turks and Caicos Community College has opened a satellite campus at the Madre Basin High School in South Caicos and will open a second campus at the Raymond Gardner High School in North Caicos in September 2024. <laughs> the education sector is the largest recipient. Any teachers in here tonight? Anybody working in education? The education sector is the largest recipient of salary increases in the just-concluded pay and grading review. And that was not an accident. 
We deliberately did that because we want to attract our bright, best and brightest into education. So I see some students here and I see some young people here. There's, there, there's, a, there's a pathway and there are opportunities in education and you have uh, the ability to shape new minds. So you're welcome if you decide to come that, through that door. We implemented the Early Start Daycare Assistance Program. And again, I spoke about minimum wage earlier, and these two go together to try to help single parents and other low-income families in particular. The daycare assistance program supports, currently supports 93 children up to the age of three years old in 20 daycare centers. And the social enrichment academic after-school program has over 200 students enrolled, and we expect more to join. You see, it's not always about physical structure. The best investment you can make is in people. The nutritional program will be launched in the coming year. Seven nursing students completed six months of clinical training at the University Hospital of the West Indies. Ten new classrooms have been opened in the public school system. The TVAT program has trained and certified over 60 persons. I know I pause because we hear complaints all the time about the lack of a trade school. Well, this is an answer to that. This is maybe just the beginning, but it is an answer. So, <laughs> 60 persons with their, have been given their Caribbean vocational certification, and another 48 are now registered to sit the exams in February of 2024. We put our people first. And my government believes that the success of the Turks and Caicos lies in the ambition and potential of our young people. And I want to welcome the students here tonight. I'm glad you made it. You see, because our youth are the designers and builders of our future. The National Apprenticeship Program Honorable Taylor provides young people with practical experience, training, and certification to better prepare them for the job market. We believe in the development of mind and body. The Felix Molly Community Center is now open with facilities for basketball, karate, boxing, rugby, yoga, and dance. Thanks for your initiative, Honorable Taylor. The Grand Turk Sports Complex and Shelter will be completed by June 2024. <laughs> the refurbishment of sports facilities and community parks are scheduled to start this year. These include the Q-Town Community Park, the improvements involving the creation of play areas, multi-purpose field and seating 
for community games and socializing. The design consultancy for the aquatic center development is projected to be completed this year. You know, we have some very brilliant swimmers. And, uh, and this Olympic size swimming facility is meant to sharpen their skills so that we can become more competitive in this area. It's just natural for us with all the water and everything around us. The refurbishment of the sports field in South Caicos is projected to be completed by the end of this year. It sounds to me that we are delivering for you, and I promise we will do more in 24. Now, one of the most frustrating issues over the case has been crown lands, how they are distributed. My fellow Turks and Caicos Islanders, the people's contract promised you access to land at affordable prices. And Honorable AG, we are delivering. The discount for Turks and Caicos Islanders on the purchase or conversion of residential purchase leases and I know some of this is repetitive, but I think it's, it's worth hearing again. CPL to freehold has been increased. The, 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 the concession has been increased from 25% to 50%. The Crown Land Amnesty Law is, is generous, and it's deliberately so. You now have six months instead of three to accept an offer for a residential property. You can surrender a conditional purchase lease without payment of arrears. Administrators can buy expired residential CPL properties if it was the deceased primary residence. So let me explain that to you. If a relative dies, and is living on a piece of crown land that he has a right to be there on, the administrator of that property can execute the purchase uh, so that that property can remain in that family. There are different ways to get your titles as well. You can convert a residential CPL to freehold title. You can pay for freehold titles in installments. You can convert CPL to long leases. You can surrender a CPL without cost. And you can also shrink, if you have a piece of land that is huge, you can shrink, reconfigure it, and in exceptional cases, exchange the plot. The government is delivering for you. We are conscious that housing is important, and we will do more in 24. Now, we recognize the aspiration of every family to own a home. We also recognize the importance, the important role a home play in family well-being and stability. As new tourism properties come on stream, and more persons come here for, to work, and our population expand, the demand for affordable housing will increase. Our new housing policy is bold 
and it is ambitious. It is designed to improve the quality and quantity of housing supply throughout the islands. The aim is to provide a minimum of 600 new housing solutions annually. Between 2023 and last week, the planning department received applications for the construction of 294 standalone homes, 87 apartment buildings, with a total of 453 units. Decent housing must be available through TC Islander home ownership. Rental support for low-income families, housing development projects in partnership with the private sector, and collaboration for the provision of immigrant housing. These are all schemes that we must implement. We will be working with stakeholders to develop planned and sustainable communities. This will be achieved through new construction, upgrading housing in established communities, and yes, Honorable Jamal, improving infrastructure where necessary. <laughs> Let me be clear, in any housing development, preference, and I notice a whole new set of housing going on in Providenciales, I want to make it clear, in any housing development, and it is in our, our policy, preference will be given to Turks and Caicos Islanders. <laughs> to improve the housing stock, we are providing TCI Islanders with financial support to upgrade their homes. So far, 289 applications have been approved for grants of between $10,000 and $50,000. And get this, the Progressive National Party builds institutions. That's what we are known for. We build institutions that will stand the rest of the test of time, from the NIB to the NHIP to the community college and a slew of others. And now, my government is establishing for the first time a $50 million mortgage fund to support mortgages for affordable housing across the island. An initial $7 million has been appropriated last week for this purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, we are delivering on our promises and we will do more in 24. In 2022, we allocated, in 2022, we allocated $7.5 million to set up the credit union. I'm pleased to tell you tonight that the consultants have been contracted. During the six-month period of the contract, the consultants will lead all aspects of setting up the credit union. They will, among other things, lead the acquisition of licenses, handle the rollout of basic product offerings, find suitable facilities, develop a risk management system, including internal control policies and procedures. This is important. Building 
domestic financial capital formation institution. This is critical. We are committed to the development of infrastructure that will strengthen our economy, support development across all islands, and lead to long-term prosperity and a better way of life for our people. And this is why we are expanding and modernizing our airports, our ports, and communication infrastructure so that people, goods, and information can move quickly. My government is working very hard to give everyone access to clean water. We are spending over $1 million in, to install city water lines in Wheeling, Blue Hills, and Long Bay in Providenciales. When we came here in 2021, we had serious water problems in Grand Turk. The residents of Grand Turk have seen improvements and a more reliable water supply. We installed a 1 million gallon saltwater reverse osmosis plant, 2 million gallon storage tanks, and a water distribution pumping station. And we installed 820 smart water meters with 200 more on order. To improve connectivity, safety, social and economic development, we are creating a better and more resilient road network. In Grand Turk, West Road and Church Folly Bridges are under construction. This is an investment of almost $650,000. Construction will start soon on drainage and site work at the Helena Jones Robinson High School, as well, as well as remedial works on the ponds, a combined investment of $3.6 million. And another $3 million is being spent to upgrade roads, bridges, and ponds. In Providenciales, we will spend $4.9 million, million to pave and repair roads, $3.4 million on new drainage and other improvement works. And yes, Randy, over $1.2 million for the redevelopment of Fuller and Clementina Walk-in Park and the Bite Park. Over half a million dollars to upgrade our recreational parks in Blue Hills, Q-Town, Five Keys, and the Bite. In Northern Middle Caicos, we are investing one and a half million dollars to upgrade the Bottle Creek Community Center. Mr. Mushgrove. 750000 to renovate the Bambara Beach Vendor Market. And a half a million dollars to renovate and refurbish the Horse Stable Beach Community Park. And Honorable Malcolm in South Caicos, we're investing $3.5 million on community road repairs. $1.5 million to redevelop Congrand Docking Facility. And $1 million to redevelop the Regatta Village. 
And over half a million dollars will be spent on street cleaning and maintenance works across all islands. We are delivering on our promises. And we will be doing more in 24. Modern, adequate, and efficient port facilities are an important part of our plan to develop the Turks and Caicos Islands economy and achieve first world status by 24, 2040. And we have Mr. Jones in the audience. Mr. Jones, thank you for your service. You're doing a fantastic job with the ports. My government has spent well over $9 million on port rebuilding, rehabilitation, and expansion on all islands. And we are not done yet. Over the next year and a half, we plan to spend over $20 million on the South Dock redevelopment and on a further $1.9 million on other capital projects. And the rest of the work will continue. We are building for the future. For too far, we've boxed ourselves in. A modern port, a modern port system will spur economic diversification, job creation, global engagement, connectivity, and most of all, it will lower prices. And as the Honorable Minister Arlington Musgrove said last month, at the groundbreaking for the redevelopment of South Dock, the dreams of a modern port are no longer distant echoes. They are taking shape and becoming a reality. And if it all goes as planned, the project at the South Dock would, should be completed by mid-2026. Ladies and gentlemen, this is progress. We are building for the people of these islands, and we will do more in 24. The South Caicos Port Rehabilitation Project, including the construction of sea defenses, a new burnt and pavement was completed in July. And last September, a master plan for the development of Cedar Park, South Caicos, was prepared and approved. And Honorable Malcolm, the project is currently out to tender. The Belfield Landing Welcome Center is now fully integrated into the port system. Important capital projects such as dredging of the channel and construction of boat slips are completed. And as a tourism-dependent destination, a modern airport system is critical to e economic growth and sustainability. Our airport must be in tip-top shape and able to handle not only commercial air traffic, but also cater to the general aviation. I don't know how many of you see on a daily basis the number of luxury jets, private jets that spark at the there is TCI is doing well. 
So conscious of this need, the TCIA has been very busy. It has completed renovations to the terminal building at the Eric Arthur Middle Caicos Airport. <laughs> completed renovations to the temporary building, the fire hall, and the town and the tower building at the Clifford Gardner Airport in North Caicos. <laughs> the Norman B. Saunders Senior Terminal Building and Combined Services Building, Honorable Saunders, are scheduled to be open, as you know, in May of 2024. <laughs> Perimeter fencing at Jags McCartney Airport will be completed next month. <laughs> Contractors seem to be doing an excellent job. Complete the Jags McCartney Airport roof restoration is finished. We handed over a brand new six by six Rosenbauer fire truck to Jags McCartney Airport. Complete the Walter E. Cox Senior Administration Building and Staff Parking. Install new seating, stanchions, and trolleys in all airports. Procure road and building signage for all airports. I don't see anyone from the airport here, but Honorable Chuck, um, Honorable and, and uh, Permanent Secretary um, being thanks for the hard work. <laughs> Plans are at the advanced stage of the construction of a new terminal building at the Howard Hamilton International Airport. Mm -hmm. And you will be hearing more of this. Meanwhile, the TCIA is working through procurement and other challenges to get the airside canopy at the Howard Hamilton Airport completed by September. This has been an eyesore, and we're working hard to make sure that it is completed. We are delivering. We are delivering, and we will do more in 24. The TCI is vulnerable to the effects of climate change, such as hurricanes, sea level rises, droughts, and degradation of protected habitats. Our goal is to ensure the sustainable use of our natural resources so they will be in good or better condition for the generation after us. We are trustees. We should leave this place better than we might meet it. We are implementing various initiatives with local and international partners to preserve ecological sensitive national assets. We are updating regulations to improve the management and monitoring of the country's protected areas. And we are identifying new areas for protection and developing management plans for them. A national climate change policy, Honorable Josephine, has been developed to guide our response to the effects of climate change. The Turks and Caicos Islands has a vast marine border which makes it easy for human trafficking. With the recent upheavals in Haiti, we have seen a surge of illegal immigration. Our regular migrants 
put excessive pressure on our resources. We have stepped up surveillance of our borders and have a zero tolerance approach to smuggling and those who hire are regular migrants. And I'm appealing to employers to desist. We are intercepting, detaining, and repatriating irregular migrants, but it is costing us daily. Over the last year, get this, we repatriated over 4,800 migrants at a cost of $5.5 million. As a mitigation intervention, $5 million has been spent on additional vessels, which are on order. We have to do everything we can to protect our borders. So we're straining our borders with the integration of immigration and customs across the airports, seaports, into one border force. And they look beautiful in their uniform. We are working with our regional and international partners to fight irregular immigration, organized crime, and to secure convictions. The People's Contract promised digital transformation. Our people must have government services at their fingertips. Honorable EJ, says that we have to deliver government as a service. Digital transformation will improve access to the public service, will improve, will increase transparency and efficiency while reducing administrative cost. So we have digitalized several processes. The agricultural case management project is scheduled to go online next month. The project to automate the process within the Health Regulatory Authority will be in operation in March. The Land Registry Digitalization Project will commence this month with scheduled completion in August 24. The Naturalization and Citizen Department is now digitalized. The Migrant Health Application Project is now online. It went on today. Emergency Medical Services Project to digitalize the operations of the department should be completed in April of 24. And everybody in this room and everybody in this country are proud of the success of the digitalization of the police record system. This has been a significant reduction in processing and turnaround times, and thanks to Honorable E.J. for his help. So I have separated the National Identification Project for the other e-governance projects because it is such a major endeavor. The National Identification System to support the rollout of e-government services and the issuance of ID smart cards is progressing a schedule. This will make so much difference to the delivery of service. 
During the next five months, the project will focus on ID card procurement and creating the organizational processes and regulations to accommodate the new national ID system. We expect that the cards will be available by the first quarter of 25. So these are some of the priority areas of funding and focus. But over the medium term, we will digitalize all government systems, including our statutory bodies. We want to thank all those in the public service who are embracing the change. Now, I live here, and I'm not oblivious to the reality. Despite the success of the economy, I know there remain pockets of poverty. We are mindful of the struggles, especially for families with young children and the elderly, to alleviate poverty and cushion our people from the high food and other costs. My government is giving them financial and other support. Household with single parents, special needs and disabled children can get $500 for each child monthly for up to three children. And my government has more than doubled foster care assistance from $120 to $300 weekly per child for up to three children per household. But there's more. The PNP government is looking out for those who have worked to build this country. We increased the NIB pensions. All pension awards prior to March 2021 are increased, ranging from 2.1% to 13.2%. And now that we're here, if you are 60 years or older and want to still work full-time, you can receive your retirement pensions. We are delivering, and we will do more in 24. Now, my fellow islands, this and residents, public officials, whether elected or unelected, we have a sacred duty to explain to the people how their money is spent. That's part of what I've been doing. We are answerable, and we must be accessible to the people who put us here. Any public official who breaks that trust must be held accountable. From day one, this administration has kept you updated on the decisions we are taking on your behalf and how these will affect you. The State of the State Address is a feature of my government's effort to update you on what's happening across departments and agencies. And um, after much delay, and I'm sure the kids will be smiling, my government has ensured that the House of Assembly returns to the NJS Francis building. Where, 
rightly belongs. It has been four long years. And thankfully, thankfully, the auditorium to the H.J. High Robinson High School can now go back to the real beneficiaries of it. And not only will it go back to the, to the kids, but you will now have a proper paved um, oh. campus. Right. Yes, and we are returning the people's house and the seat of democracy. Yes. But you know, I know that uh, sometimes the folks in Grand Turk feel neglected, right? <laughs> but Grand Turk, you are the seat of our government, and I promise you will see more in 24. Now, now I know Sharon don't believe that. <laughs> so, but there are plans for the development of a new luxury boutique hotel, and that have been progressing significantly. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can ask any one of the other members of cabinet. Beach land has been secured for the hotel development, and an additional architectural concept is in place. But I can't say everything tonight, so you'll have to wait for the budget address. But I am also very pleased to announce that advanced negotiations are underway with a local banking institution to provide limited service at Jags McCartney International Airport. So these developments are significant strides to re revitalize Grand Turk and a more robust tourism infrastructure for the Turks and Caicos as a whole. Let me say the Grand Turk Enhancement and Sustainability Agency, JATISA, embarked on a mission on September 1st, 2023. And one of the agency's most notable achievements to date is the implementation of the Community Enhancement Program. Under this initiative, a multitude of projects have been meticulously scoped and are now being rolled out to prospective contracts, tractors, with the first two closing tomorrow, tomorrow for the paving projects and repairs of perimeter walls in Middle Street. In a few days, we will launch the National Development Plan, which will take us up to 2040 and beyond. Vision 2040 will guide our development over the next 15 years. The goal, dreams, and broad strategies 
have been agreed on by stakeholders, including the two major political parties. And while I'm at it, let me say this. Just last week in the House of Assembly, um, there's been tacit agreement by the opposition that together the two parties should build an infrastructure pipeline for the next 25 years so that there could be no argument about what is critical for the development of this country thereafter. So as a people, we seek to have a greater say in our collective destiny, Governor. We are entitled to determine how we are governed. We believe we have shown the capacity to manage our affairs efficiently and in the best interests of our people. Following several rounds of bipartisan meetings with the United Kingdom, we have agreed on some important changes which should take effect after the next general election. The House of Assembly will now be, become a parliament. And there will be direct elections for all members, which means no more appointed members. That means that we will be giving our people more power to hire and fire all their political representatives. And the term in office will increase now from four to five years. I like at this juncture to thank the opposition for their support as we seek to change an overly restrictive constitution. In this matter, our goals are aligned for the benefit of our people. Over the last three years, we've had many, many highlights and some lows. That is the nature of any journey. To achieve our mission of a prosperous TCI we will do all that we can. If there are mountains to climb, we will climb them. If the valleys are deep, together we will walk them. When the roads are rough, we will carefully navigate them. That is what my government has done over the last three years. We stabilized the economy and have set it on a path for sustainable long-term growth. Ladies and gentlemen, the future is looking bright and more certain. Foreign, foreign direct investments are flowing at a pace we have never seen before. Our task is to choose the right ones and ensure that our people reap the rewards. Tourism continues to perform better than expected. In 2023, we welcome more than one and a half million visitors by air and sea. Air arrivals increased in 2023 to over 660,000. Arrivals by air are up 21.6% over the 2019 pre-pandemic levels. Did you get that? We're getting it right. We're getting it right, Alvin, and the DMO is helping. 
In 2023, we had nearly 925,000 cruise passengers, an increase almost 26% over 2022. After completely shutting down during the pandemic, the growth momentum is good, and we expect cruise passengers to surpass pre-pandemic levels in short order. Construction continues to boom as investors show sustained interest in our islands and residents build and improve homes. Projects at various stages of development value over, get this, $4 billion in the pipeline. And we are proud of the list of brands we're attracting such as the Marriott on South Caicos, the brand Loran, Andes, Moan Palace on Providenciales. Projects with development agreements are currently under constructions are valued at $792 million. Project with MOUs in place with the finalization of development agreements in progress are valued at over $2.7 billion and projects at the due diligence stage have a combined value of nearly $507 million. We are delivering for you, and we will do more in 24. The, the unemployment rate is trending downward. In 2021, the first year we came to office, the revenue was just over 398 million dollars. In 2023, our revenue, as was told by the Minister for Finance last week in Cabinet, jumped to $437 million. The GDP has grown consistently since we came to office. It is projected to grow this year to $1.5 billion dollars. This year our economy is expected to grow between 3.6 and 5 percent. We are delivering for you and we will do more in 24. So my fellow islanders before I close tonight I wish to express a few personal thoughts. Since I entered politics I've set my eyes and channeled my energies towards the comprehensive development of these Turks and Caicos Islands. I have always wanted a better future for our people. 50 years from now, another premier, or more likely, a prime minister, will report on the state of these islands. Yes. He or she must be able to look back on the decisions we make and must be able to say they did good. Yeah. Every islander must know that you are our top priority. We are growing the economy and creating the path for you to have the best opportunities. Standing on the sidelines will not help you or your family. To build and grow, we need all hands on deck. My fellow citizens and residents alike, my government focus is you. 
and will remain on delivering for you. My government has stood firm and continued to deliver for our people. We are creating opportunities that can stand the trials of time. The PNP government established the people's contract as a way for our people to hold us accountable. You believe in this contract. You elected us and we continue to deliver for you. We are focused on creating the path for you to have the best opportunities, and we will continue to deliver for you. The economic transformation has given our people new opportunities, and many have seen their lives improve in drastic ways. We continue to deliver for you. And so for three years in a row, we have record-breaking foreign direct investment. It is a time to build. We are preparing the TCI for the future. We are building a Turks and Caicos where the ambitious can achieve their goals. We are building a Turks and Caicos where families and communities can feel safe and strong. We are building a Turks and Caicos where people, no matter where they are, will want to return home. This is our moment. This is our moment. We can make it last, but we must accept the principles expounded by Gandhi. There should be no wealth without work, no pleasure without conscience, no science without humanity, and no knowledge without character, no politics without principle, and no commerce without moral morality, and no worship without sacrifice. There's been no doubt that the Turks and Caicos has become a success story. And now, and I know my good friend, the leader of opposition, will be speaking tomorrow or later this week. And now that much hard work has been done, Many are lining up to take the credit. <laughs> but like Gabran Ayat, are you a politician asking what your country can do for you? Or a zealous one asking what you can do for your country? If you are the first, then you are a parasite. If the second, then you are an oasis in the desert. My colleagues and I would like to think of ourselves as oasis in the desert. Let us ask the Almighty God to give us the wisdom and crown our efforts with success and bounty. I have an abiding faith and endless hope that we will come together to build a happy, strong, prosperous, and beautiful by nature, Turks and Caicos Islands. We will do more in 24. Thank you, thank you. God bless you, and God bless our beautiful islands. And so, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night.
Waldo Emerson, do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there's no path and leave a trail. To our online audience and our guests here present with us, thank you for joining us this evening. Stay safe and well. We invite you to share refreshments with us on the outside deck. Good night, everyone.